Hi, my name is Mike Smith. I work for the U.S. Navy and I'm an engineer. Hi, my name is Fernando Feliciano and I'm the postmaster of Linwood, Washington. I'm Michaela Testerman. I'm a senior at King's High School and I also work at Chick-fil-A. I work for Premier Blue Cross. I drive bus for the city of Everett. Uh, I work for Boeing. I work at the Boeing Company. Boeing? Boeing. 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 And I work at Boeing. I am a Spanish to English translator. And I have a stained glass studio in downtown Edmonds. And I also work here at the church. Boy, it's good to see you guys. You seem like a lively bunch today. This has been a cool day. Uh, that is so great to, to recognize uh, our veterans. You know, when, when uh, Fernando was talking and he talked about Memorial Day, I, had, I, I don't know why, I go back to, to hearing the story about the little boy that was walking through the hallway of the church and there were pictures of those who uh, had fallen in, in the service. And he, uh, he was, the little boy was looking at these pictures and he says, Daddy, Daddy, who, who are those? He said, those are people who, who died in the service. And he just stared, <laughs> stared at it. He said, well, which one, the 9 o'clock or the 11 o'clock? <laughs> uh, so hopefully we won't, won't have any of that going on here. Um, I'm excited about our message today. We're going to build on our series that we just started. We're going to be in uh, Psalm 139. Uh, as usual, the usher's going to offer a Bible. They'll, you'll see him walking down the aisle. Uh, as they're doing that, we got something, uh, one more thing that is really, really special today. Uh, I've told you this before, but you may not be aware that an average for a pastoral longevity is about two and a half to three years, okay? So we have been blessed with, with some that have been here in extraordinary time, and we like to always acknowledge that, the five-year, the ten-year. But today, we acknowledged uh, a 20-year anniversary of uh, one of our pastors that I know you love and I love, and that's our own pastor, Paul Lowell. Um, and Paul and Kathy are going to come up. Woohoo! 20 years. There's a lot of love in this room for you guys. A lot of love. A lot of love. That's right. Well, uh, needless to say, uh, Paul has his first love uh, on this picture. That, that's, the, that's the gal on his arm, and that's Kathy. But uh, some know that his second love was, uh, is also probably there. I, you, got, you had to get rid of that, didn't you? Yeah. Well, you know, I just want you guys to know how much we love Paul, that we decided to kind of collect ourselves together, and, and we decided to, for this 20th anniversary to get him a Mustang. And, uh, yeah, pretty, it, you know, you're... And, and we want you to... We want you to. Uh, we did our best to try to replace what you what you lost there, and uh, yeah, so so put it, uh, display it proudly, uh, and we also want to bless you with this as well, and to say thank you, and we hope that this represents many many more years to come. You guys are in your sweet spot. Thank you so much. Love you guys. Love you guys. If you can stick around afterwards, we got some, we're going to have some cake and stuff out in the lobby. You can uh, just say personally how much he's meant, Dave, Dave meant to you and, uh, and just acknowledge him when you get out there. That'd be great, all right? Um, we, we're going to uh, look at a, the psalm in just a moment. Today we're picking up, um, you know, on the series that we've, we've gone on before. And, and just before we go there, I want to pray. And it's interesting, you know, today in our prayer, there are several things that 
that uh, I think we collectively as a congregation just need to lift up in our prayer. Several things have come to our attention. First of all, we've had several families that have lost their elderly parents this week. I think I counted four uh, just this week. Uh, I know uh, Randy and Pam, you know, that uh, uh, Randy's mom passed away and uh, uh, Tom Scally and, and uh, Carnot, and, and there's been several that have gone through this transition and we want to lift them up. I also want to pray for those of you we've heard from that have loved ones down in California that are being impacted by the fires. Uh, uh, several uh, have family members have been evacuated. Some potentially have lost uh, their homes uh, due to these fires. We want to lift up that situation. Uh, a special request I have, there's a, a dear, dear brother here at North Shore, and we want to lift up the Ditto family, Tom Ditto. He's been battling with a disease. It's a rare disease, and we, he's gone through some huge uh, attempts, you know, to try to arrest it and, and, and push it back, but um, they're just kind of in a battle right now, and I, I wish we could lift up the Ditto family. And then one last thing, we heard, heard word just yesterday that Luigi, our partner in Italy, uh, apparently fell, and I don't know if he broke his hip, but he has severely injured his hip. And from his son uh, Ishmael, who happens, happens to be uh, an intern here now, uh, he's over there with them during this time, uh, he said he may be bedridden for up to six or eight weeks or, or even longer. Uh, Noah and Luigi, man, he's one of those that do, does go 120 miles an hour, you know. For him to be bedridden for weeks is going to be a huge, uh, huge deal. So we're just going to pray for his healing. Lots of needs that you may have, but let's just collectively take them to the Lord. Could we do that this morning and spend a few moments in prayer? Father, uh, today, one of the great promises you've given us is to cast all of our cares on you because you care for us. And I'm so grateful for that. Lord, in this room, there are many burdens, uh, challenges, uh, difficulties, struggles, uh, things that we can praise you for, Lord. There are celebrations. There, uh, there are great things that we just want to praise you and acknowledge you as our Heavenly Father. But Father, these in particular that we lift up, intercede on, uh, we take and lay at your feet. Uh, we trust you, God, that whether it be through natural disasters like fires and the impact and implications there, whether it's uh, diseases uh, that, that we may be battling and loved ones that we're battling that we want to lift up before you, uh, we trust you for that. Or, Lord, for just a grieving process when we lose somebody that is so dear to us, praying for your comfort and that you fill those spaces that have been created by their passing. Uh, and God, today, uh, we just want to lift up Luigi in particular. Just pray, God. I don't know what the details are at this point, but uh, if, if this does require surgery or uh, a convalescent period, we just trust that you'll give him patience and help him to maintain the joy of the Spirit. Uh, he's got great responsibilities for his church and also for the many leaders in Italy that are there that look to him. And I just pray, God, that your plan uh, will unfold and he'll be able to embrace that. But more than anything, we pray for healing uh, for he. And I, I remember the Ditto family as well this morning. So God, it's just so good to be able to, to share these with you. And, and I also wanna ask that today as we approach your word, you'll give us hearts, discerning hearts, uh, responding hearts to what you have to say to us. Uh, I believe that your word is going to speak very boldly, very clearly, and if there's something you, you want to get our attention about, I pray that we'll be receptive to that and responsive uh, and to act on it, whatever you show us. So commit this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your prayers. We, uh, we, we're in this series about our work, how to glorify God with our work. And we're going to spend a few weeks on this. Started last week, looked at our purpose and how God is, has, uh, has designed things for us, us to do. Uh, today, when you stop and you think about uh, just who we are as a people and how God has made us, how God has formed us, it really is a miracle. Every one of you are, are really walking miracles. When I look at North Shore, one of the things that I see here is just an amazing mosaic of the people that this church represents. I believe we're a unique church, personally, in, in the sense that there are so many backgrounds, so many nationalities, so many races that are represented in our church. I really do think that we are unique in that. You go to other parts of the country and they're a little bit more, uh, the word would be socially homogeneous units. In other words, people uh, that look like you, act like you all. But in, and it probably has a lot to do with uh, 
with the company Boeing that is, is in our backyard, the world comes to us in many respects. And we're a reflection of that. North Shore's kind of a slice of that. The other day I was just writing down off of the top of my head, I think I wrote down 17 or 18 different nationalities, backgrounds that I could just remember or recall or know that are represented within our congregation. And there's a uniqueness there. But let's look at the larger picture. There, they say that there are seven billion people on the face of this earth. And here's the reality, not of one of them are the same. There are no copies, there are no clones. God made every single one of us different and unique. Nobody's just like you. Now some of us are saying amen, you know. <laughs> They're saying that's good news, you know. You, you think, well why is it that way? Have you ever noticed that the original is always more valuable than the copy. And you're an original. God has placed himself in, in each one of you. The Bible says that we were made in his image. And so the underlying premise of everything we're gonna talk about today is simply this. God is your creator. He is your creator. It's hard to believe that there are actual people, intelligent people, that, that don't buy into that. They don't acknowledge that. They think you just kind of came together just out of uh, circumstance or consequential uh, happening. Not true. God created you, and the scriptures that we're going to look at here in the front end are just going to affirm that it, it is he who knows you, he formed you, and it even goes back to where well before you were born. When you were conceived, before you were conceived, God had in mind uh, who you would be and what you were going to be called uh, to do. And, you know, when he made you, he, he broke the mold. And, and we are so grateful that there is that distinction. Now, all of that coming together, you have to say, okay, well, if he formed me, if he's the one that has formed me, what has he formed me for? And that's what we kind of want to center in on today. We want to take a look at that. But I invited you to look at uh, Psalm 139 is where I kind of want to begin. If you're looking at the top of your notes... Uh, you, you can see a, a part of the verse there, and I want to read another part from a paraphrase, but first he says, for you formed my inward parts. You, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. David is writing this, and I, uh, I looked this up in a paraphrase, the message, and I just wanted to hear these words. How, how it kind of, I don't know, just kind of gives some interesting nuances to it. Oh yes, you shaped me first inside and then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God, you're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. Listen to this. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. And it was that word preparation that just jumped off of that. And that's why at the top of your note, you see the title of today is, How Has God Prepared Us? for the work he calls us to do. And I know, and I mentioned this last week, and I'll say it again, that you might be at a different stage. Maybe you're, you're, uh, you're more in the, the retirement stage, and, and maybe those you know, active 40, 50 uh, hour a week job is, is maybe in your rearview mirror. Maybe you're just starting off. Maybe you just graduated, and you're kind of beginning to look uh, for that right fit. Maybe you're right, right in there. Maybe you're unemployed right now. Uh, you know, I don't care what the circumstances, God has made you for a purpose. My prayer today is, is that that clarity might come a little bit more as we watch and see and pay attention to this formation uh, that the scripture attributes to God. Look at Genesis 2, 7. Uh, right there at the front, it says, the Lord God formed the man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. It was God who formed us. Job confesses. He says that you guided my conception, and you formed me in the womb. You clothed me with a skin and flesh. 
You knit my bones and my sinews together. You gave me life and showed me your unfailing love. My life was preserved uh, in your care. So we see these. And today, what I want to do is I kind of want to wrap what we're going to do um, in four questions, okay? And just take a look at those and, and maybe address uh, some, of, some of the thoughts around this. And the first of those is I wanted to share, uh, you know, what components did God use when he put us together? What are the things that we would pay attention to when it comes to the formation that God has, uh, has brought about as far as our life is concerned? And so the first question simply is this, how did God form me? Now, the answer to that could be insatiable. I mean, we could go on and on and on, right, uh, with the detail. But I wanted to just share five areas, distinct areas, that help you identify who you are distinctly. Okay? I want to mention this, that when we talk about here at North Shore our Get in the Game series, one of our staple classes that we offer to you is called Discover Your Ministry. It's our 301 class. Usually two out of every four weeks we're talking about these because it's just part of our, our life, our process of getting folks involved. I just want you to know how valuable it is for you to walk through our, our Discover Your Ministry because it's going to help dig into the very things we're talking about here. If you've never taken it, why not sign up? Come to it next week. Um, it's going to be uh, yeah next Sunday. Um, it, it's amazing when you begin to discover, wow, okay, this, this is what makes me different and unique. And there are five areas that we kind of look at. Let me go through those quickly. The first one is your spiritual gift. Your spiritual gift. Now, there may be a few of you here that that, that kind of is a question mark. You want to, well, what are you talking about here, Pastor? Well, here's what happens. When you trust the Lord Jesus as your Savior, you invite him to come into your life. He does just that through the Holy Spirit. And the instruction, predominantly from the Apostle Paul's pen, in uh, Corinthians, in Romans, in Ephesians, he describes that God has fit the body of Christ together, and he has given at least one spiritual gift that is brought by the Spirit that you have been given to use for the collective blessing of the rest of the body of Christ. Now, my last count, it was something like 20, 22, 25, something like that that the scripture identifies these distinct gifts that are out there. And he, he says they're like a body and they all fit together if we use those gifts. Gifts like uh, mercy, uh, gifts like teaching, like, like uh, leadership, administration, uh, gifts of uh, uh, speaking or prophetically you know, sharing boldly the word of God. Gifts of faith. These are all distinct gifts and the list could go on. And if you don't know what yours is, chances are, friends, you may not be operating out of that. And so this is one of our ministries that we take very seriously is to help you to begin to discover that. That's why we call it Discover Your Ministry. But that's just one of them is your spiritual gift. Here's the second one. What is your heart? What is your passion? What is it that gets you just really revved up and excited? What are your interests? What are the things that, that you just are drawn to almost naturally that, that kind of identify you? And you know that not everybody shares those same things. Not everybody is passionate about the same thing. Okay, he didn't make us that way. But what is yours? Uh, when you begin to discover that, and then you couple it with these others, you're going to kind of get this picture, okay, of, of how he's formed you. The third one is your abilities. These are your natural abilities. Maybe we use the word talents to describe that. A person says, oh, well, they're, they're talented. You know how I understand talents? Uh, it's more about what God has put a desire in you to work at or to practice or the discipline to just stay after it until you develop it. Somebody says, a musician, oh, they're so talented. It wasn't like it just dropped out of heaven. You don't know the hours of preparation that got in, but what was the desire behind that, you see? That, that's how talent comes about. And he's given you abilities, a natural bent. Like I said last week, maybe some of you are just kind of naturally drawn to numbers, and, and you love working with that. You love math and you like doing the things and maybe you've become an engineer or a teacher of math or you know, something like that. Some of you are mechanical and you know who you are. 
and you just, you just really have a knack at, at identifying and fixing and, and doing stuff along those lines. Some of you um, are, are just drawn to compassionate things, min- ministries or, or work to where you can counsel and you can come alongside. Every one of us has these abilities that when we put into the Lord's hand, that's when he's glorified, okay? And then, and then there's the personality that each one of us have. And there is an abundance of books and studies about personality traits. There's words and identifications. You know, you've heard the sanguine and the choleric and the uh, phlegmatic and, and the melancholic, you know, and the, and the different kind of, of, you know, fits that there are there. Uh, those who uh, are maybe extrovert, that they are energized when they're around people, and you know who you are. There's also, on the other side, the introverts. You are absolutely wiped out when you spend time around a, a bunch of people and you prefer to kind of be alone. That's a personality trait and it's a way that you've been wired up. Isn't it interesting how we marry one another too? Uh, you've heard this, the phrase, opposites attract, right? And sometimes we find ourselves, um, how could I say, you know, kind of working, working you know, with those differences and those, those different kinds of personalities and, and uh, sometimes we just have to say, God's got a sense of humor, doesn't he? Uh, when we try to do that. But, you know, some of you are goal-oriented. I mean, you, you're just you know, fixed on a task. Some of you are affectionately flying by the seat of your pants, and you enjoy that. That's just kind of the way you're made up. I'm, kind of, I'm a little bit more like that. Um, you know, so personality comes, comes into play. And then the last thing is your experiences. Only you have had the experiences that you have. And some of you are going to go back to the earlier years Some of you, unfortunately, go back to painful experiences that set a whole trajectory on the course that you would take. And they impacted you. They influenced you. Uh, The experiences that you have uh, could set you in a direction as far as um, your your preparations, your education, things like that. Your experiences, and sometimes in your failures, think about this, uh, those have informed you and shaped you for the next step that, that God may have. We're not afraid of that. Some of you have had wonderful, uh, positive, uplifting experiences that also have just kind of energized you to go a certain, certain path, but every one of us are unique. Take those five areas, all those five areas, and you're gonna find out that it is going to uniquely, again, like a mosaic, it's gonna paint a picture of who you are in a unique way. Now, the second question that I would ask is, why is this important, okay? Why, if we're considering our vocational life, our, our path of jobs and the work we do, why is it important to look at how God has wired us up and formed us in this way? Uh, I, I thought about from Isaiah's pen in Isaiah 43, here's what he says. Everyone who is called by my name, who I created for my glory. That says, that says a lot to me. He says, who I formed and made. Why did he create us? You tell me, what does the scripture say? It's for his glory. And we've talked about that word. This, is a, this has been kind of, um, uh, I've been mulling over this for months now, just thinking about the glory. Uh, what does it mean? It means to kind of take something that's been hidden or obscure and to bring it out into the open, kind of revealing things. And so if you're talking about glorifying God, it means showing things about God and his, his character and his nature that maybe we didn't understand before. So if we're called, if you and I are called to bring glory to God, it means by what he's doing in your life, somehow, some way, the rest of us are gonna look and say, wow, look, at what, look how good God is. Look at what God is doing in, the, in them. If last month we were talking about finances and we glorify God in our financial life, our stewardship, it means we are showing and revealing things about God's generosity, about God's faithfulness, about God being our provider. All those things are lifted up by the way that you respond and react. This month, we're talking about glorifying God in our work. How do we show and reveal how God is like? And so if I look through this and I say, why is this important? Here's one of the first ones. Your shape, your, your formation, the way God did uh, what he did in you is going to help to reveal his purpose in your life. It really does. It's gonna show why he, why he did it. Um, now let me illustrate it this way. If you, if you were gonna build a house, 
and you went to an architect, let's say, if you had the opportunity to have somebody think with you and plan through what you were going to do, you, you would probably be introduced to a phrase, and maybe you've heard this before, that form follows function. You ever heard that? Form follows function. So they might begin to ask you questions, and that what they would see is, what do you want the house to do for you? That'll tell you how many bedrooms you're going to need and what, where are you going to put them and the, and the things that they're going to build into it. They want to know what is it intended to do, what's the function, and then that will help to determine what they build or the form. Now I'm going to t- I tell you that because I think God does just the opposite. The way the Lord works is function follows form. If he was at the beginning when you and I were conceived and everything about us was put together by God's design, what it tells me is he had something in mind, a function in in mind, because he he created you for what he knows he wants you to, to do or to carry out. And so as we begin to pay attention to the form that he's made, it's gonna help it's going to help bring to light or reveal or clarify the function that he has called us to. Now, here's the problem, is that God's thoughts are not our thoughts. God's ways are not our ways. And sometimes we can size somebody up, and we might, we might look at them and say, well, <laughs> you know, how could God use that? How could he use them? Because we, we look through a filter that often is defined by the world and what the world says matters. They've got to be beautiful. They've got to be successful. They've got to be um, coordinated. They've got to be this, this, this. And sometimes we think, oh, well, if they're not that, then the rest, you know, we're just an average. You know, how could God use us? Some of us even go so far to think that God might have made a mistake. <laughs> I know being the last of five kids... Uh, and uh, my oldest brother's 15 uh, years late, older than me, that, um, you know, my brother, the one next to me, there, it was not unusual, being an older brother, he would, he would do things, and he'd say things, and he'd say sometimes, you know, you were just an accident. And, uh, and I said, no, I wasn't, you know, and, and, uh, and I'd stop and i think, you know, and then he'd say some other things that I won't go down, but, I, but the fact I had bright red hair and all my siblings had dark brown hair, uh, you know, yeah, they could be cruel sometimes, you know what I mean? Love them, though, love them. Um, <laughs> you know, there's no accidents. There may be some accidental parents, but there's no accidental babies, all right? He, he knew exactly what he's doing. God does not make mistakes. And, and what it does, it kind of brings to our attention, I just have to tell you that a few weeks ago when I was kind of developing this message and thinking about this, all of a sudden I started thinking about those, even from our own fellowship here, that, that may have special needs, we might say. And there was one family that, that I just love so dearly and have meant so much, and I've just watched. We've, had a, we've just had the privilege of a kind of a front row seat to see how God has used them uh, here at, at North Shore. And I know you're in this service, and I, I've never said this publicly, but I, I go back 15 years ago, and the, the, uh, the impact, Bill, that you had on my family, Bill happened to be the coach at Kamiak of the softball team. And when we were coming here and moving my family from Florida to come back to Washington, my daughters were sophomore and junior in high school. That is a tough time to make a change, one of the toughest. All your friends, everything you've known for the last 10 years, they were softball players, and Bill was a softball coach, and he, he invited them in, embraced them, and that was a huge piece of, of how we landed and landed, we believe, well. And, uh, and anyway, the Bowker story, uh, we've been the privilege, of, particularly in Marcy's case, you know, of, of worship leading, but it just dawned on me, a lot of us here just don't know behind the scenes, and and where the blessing we received, some of the things that God has used to help uh, to develop that. And so I wanted you to just hear their story through a little video that we put together. Let's watch this. I'm Marcy. And I'm Bill. We have two sons. Aiden is 15 and Andrew's 11, almost 12. And we both teach high school. Uh, we're both, Marcy's full-time and I'm a part-time teacher and a care provider for our boys. 
Our boys both have a rare genetic syndrome. Um, it's called Smith-Lemley-Opitz syndrome for those of you who like words and phrases, but um, they're just Aiden and Andrew to us. Um, if you meet a first child and you meet a second child and you realize, oh, those are brothers, but wow, are they different? Those are our kids. I think for us as parents, it's almost like instead of us doing something, we get to observe what God is doing in them and just reap those benefits or gain a better understanding. Yeah, it's almost like instead of us speaking a purpose over them, we're trying to be keenly aware of what we see God's purpose is in them. And so we're looking for those clues that God's giving, which has been really fun because like, for example, and I know this is a small thing, but Aiden holds the door for me. And that is just part of his spirit and part of who God is. He is kind and he's very aware of his surroundings. And if you need to make it through the door, he knows to help and hold the door. Um, my second one, not so much. But my second one will look you straight in the eyes and possibly grab your cheeks like, we need to have a moment here. Little things with our kids are big things. Mm. So like uh, seeing the Lord's Prayer at night with them and Aiden will take his hand and just like lace it through yours. I don't know, he just started doing that. It wasn't something that we necessarily, you know, taught him or, but like those things, I those are the little glimpses of like understanding on his part that I think, mm -hmm. what is God saying to him? Like what is God speaking into Aiden and Andrew? I think one of the things that has allowed us to live out our faith uh, with our boys have been some of the challenges that we've gone through. Um, our kids have had 16 surgeries, like over uh, Aiden's 15, now gonna be 16. Um, and when we go to work and we talk to people, they're always asking how our kids are. And so a natural outflow of that is um, how medically they're doing, but also uh, how we're always uh, thankful that God has uh, shown up in all those circumstances. We had a coworker stop Bill not too long ago and just say how wonderful it was to see a marriage working out daily life because she knows our boys um, and just how she felt blessed to kind of watch how we choose to do things. You know, you're given work. If you're blessed enough, you're given work that's in a chosen field. Like you love it, it brings out your passion. I'm an English teacher. And when I go hiking, I recite poetry because I can. Um, the work with my children was maybe not something I would ever have chosen for myself until it chose me and now I would do nothing different. So I love that idea of sometimes God puts something in front of you that says, this is the work I will give you, but it will strip you raw. You might be a little uncomfortable. Um, it might humble you a few times in public settings. Um, but if, if you accept this, you will see so much blessing. Um, and I like that. And I like too that my kids challenge me every day to accept um, my role as their mom as they come out to me. Thanks for sharing your story. I really, really appreciated that. And, uh, you know, it, that's, that's our life together. That's us. And, uh, and I'm so proud to have you guys a part of this fellowship. It, it has been a joy and an inspiration uh, just to watch that and watch you put those gifts in action, but also to watch the beautiful thing that God has given you and your boys. And so uh, we're really, really grateful. You know, so, so just tuck it away. You know, when we talk about how he has formed us, it's going to reveal his purpose. That purpose might be for great things, maybe for uh, what we might not think is great, but in God's eyes, you know, when we put them there, he is glorified by that. I think another thing is, it's when we begin to realize how he's made us, how he's shaped us, it, it equips us for the mission that he has called and even the message that he has given us. I picked this up when I was reading uh, from the prophet uh, Isaiah, and Isaiah acknowledges, he says, now uh, the Lord says, he who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him. I don't know if you catch this or not, but Isaiah is acknowledging God was the one who formed me for the purpose he called me to, not only just in general to be a servant, but he says to bring Israel back. He commissioned him with a specific task, and he said, I'm fulfilling that, that purpose. And the very formation is what kind of gave him 
you know, the abilities to do that and equipped him uh, for that. So um, I, I just think it's, it's good for us to tuck it away. Now, this third one is that, and this is kind of sobering, that God is actually watching us in what we do with what he has formed. He has made you, he's, he's, he's wired you a certain way to carry this out, and now as your loving heavenly father, he stands back and watches what you're going to do with that. And I think whenever we operate, whenever we function the way we were created to function, there is joy, there is glorification to God. Let's take, for example, a tree. If a tree was designed to produce fruit or a certain kind of fruit, like an orange or an apple or whatever, uh, when it produces that fruit, uh, it pleases God. They, they, they're doing what they were intended to do and what they were designed to do. Do you remember when Jesus walked by the tree that was supposed to put uh, figs out there? and it didn't have any figs. What did he do? He cursed it, and it shriveled up. So consequently, he's disappointed when we don't function that way. But I, I just want to tell you, and I don't want it to be so sobering, I just want you to know God is your Father. He loves you. He loves you more than you can even imagine. And when, when as the Scripture just pointed out, and if you look at it for yourself, he says, from where he sits enthroned, he looks out onto all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them and observes all their deeds. God is watching. And he's watching with a fatherly eye. And I just think when you operate the way you were intended, when you do that, there is something in his heart that just absolutely uh, loves uh, to see that happen. You know, something happened this weekend and I don't think it's happened before, and you may not even even notice this. But we're blessed to have somebody that's put their gifts in the hands of the Lord. Brian Atterbury, who's our drummer, and week after week, Brian's here. Today, he sat on the side because his son Dylan was doing the drumming. That was his son. The first time Dylan had, I, 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 I thought back when uh, his son Devin, who also is a drummer, and, and Devin was out there using that gift uh, for the Lord. And I think a lot of times next door with our youth, but I don't know how Brian felt this morning, but think about how you would be you know, as a father. And you know that you, you have uh, probably put a desire to do drums. He's seen him. He's seen that model. And so a part of him is being expressed now in his son and the joy that he must have to wa watch that happen. As I was writing this week, I got to thinking about something that happened about eight or nine years ago. And, um, you know, you know, I was a musician. I played guitar, you know. It's one of the things I've done over the years. And so my kids, naturally, you know, they've kind of seen it. And several of my kids have become musical. I remember when Stuart, my son, uh, he started picking up a guitar. He's probably inspired more by his sister than he was by me. But he would tuck himself quietly in a room, and he'd practice, and he'd work on it. And it was kind of incognito. I don't think even his friends knew that he played guitar at all. And one day Stuart came up and he said, uh, hey, they're going to do this thing uh, at school, um, like a talent show, but they called it the gong show. <laughs> now, you know enough about what they do. And, and I remember pausing and thinking, oh boy, this could be cruel. Uh, what if he messes up? Uh, what, if, what if, you know, because what they do is they'll go up and gong and then pff, it's over, right? That, that could be a defining moment. And I, so I was kind of worried, but I knew that he had, had an ability, and so I kind of, I pushed, I said, yeah, you ought to do it. He was kind of like, you ought to do it. And I got there that night over at the auditorium at Kamiak. The place was packed with students, and I thought, I was, I was just nervous as could be, man. I was sweating bullets. I don't care about him. I was sweating bullets. <laughs> and, uh, and when he got up, you know, and like I said, his friends didn't even know he played guitar. And he got up in front of the whole school. Do you want to get a little clip of this? I don't know if I showed you this before, but do you want to see a little bit what happened? This was, this was at the, uh, by the way, I didn't ask you permission. I was proud in that moment. <laughs> you, you didn't hear me say this, but Stuart, where are you, Stuart? You were over here just a minute ago. He, I'll bet he left the room. 
He knew I was doing this. I, I was going to say, I didn't ask him for permission, which was one of my fundamental things. Eh. He'll deal with it. Uh, but uh, you, you see my point? You, you, you know that there's a little bit of you that is there and a little influence, but yet as a father, you're standing back. And that's what God does. He put himself in you. You were created in his image. He's in you. And when he sees that, there's a joy in his heart when you use that gift the way that he designed you to do. And it can be any number of things. It can be amazing things that he has uniquely made you the way they are. But he's watching. And there will be a day when we stand before him. We'll give an accounting. That's the sobering part. But like the next scripture you see there, it says, if you're faithful with those little things, that's when he entrusts you with greater things. He's watching, and you're being developed. We're being developed for eternity of what's going to be on the other side. There's going to be responsibility. There's going to be jobs on the other side that we're called to do. And so all of these things, I think, contribute to why, why this is so, so important. Let me go on to the third question, and that is, uh, you know, when we talk about our fit uh, and the formation, how does that connect? Are you synced up? In other words, as the question says, is my formation a fit for now we're moving into the, the realm of our career, our work, or our jobs, do, do, the way I'm wired up, is that what I'm carrying out as far as my job, my work? And this is just really practical, guys, because there's any, I mean, 99% of us are in jobs that are, that are just, you know, they're, they're carrying out a service or doing whatever. Um, you know, you've got your spiritual gifts that we do within this context, but most of us spend our time out, out there, and he still wired you up. Are you in a good fit? If you're not, if you are not synced up, you know, very well, and by the way, I'm going to say this again, nobody has a job that's 100%, you know, enjoyable, <laughs> okay? So it's not like there's not going to be the stuff that you have to deal with. We all have that, every one of us. I mentioned last week, if, you, if 60% you just love and you thrive in and it's, it's great, you're probably in pretty good shape, all right? But you'll know whether you're fit for what you're doing and you're wired up that way and God's designed you for that. If you're not, you're going to probably find out um, that you're going to be frustrated. And that's where, where we start getting real, real practical. Some of, I've had conversations, and I can see, I can almost visibly see the frustration. And that's the first thing that comes to my mind is, are you, are you in a good fit? Sometimes uh, you, you'll find yourself tired. You'll get fatigued because of, of the hard, the nature. You're going against the grain because it's just, you're not... Not, uh, not wired up that way. And quite, if we look over our journey, some of us have had failures. There's nothing wrong with failure. We learn from failure. We grow from it. But, but sometimes the reason for that is because of that, that misalignment. Now, swing back the other way, some of you are in jobs that are very fulfilling. And it's because you, you're in sync with who you are and how God has made you. You find your ability to focus in other words, you're disciplined to stay on track because you know who you are, but you also know who you're not. And so you can say yes to the things, you know, that fit there, but you, you also have the power to say no over here. And, and one of the signs is, is that you're going to be fruitful. You're going to be successful. It's, it's, you know, it's like a tailwind that's going to work with you. And that's what I'm going to ask you today. Would you take a look at these five areas that we mentioned at the first and really take an honest look at yourself and say, okay, what do I notice about that? What are some things distinct? And again, I'm going to say, if you want some help, you want some encouragement, come and join us next week um, and as we walk through Discover Your Ministry. And that'll help clarify some of that. The last thing, though, I wanted to share real quickly is, okay, now how do I find that right fit? How do I find the job that maybe God has, has prepared, has designed for me? Can I just give you a few practical suggestions as we wind things down? These are more in the, the sense of application, okay? One of the first things I would challenge you to do is to examine yourself honestly and evaluate in light of the things we've talked about. Take it before the Lord. And as Paul's advice to us in Romans 12 was, he said, you need to think of yourself with sober judgment. Uh, one of the other versions says, a sane estimate of your abilities. Okay? Take an honest look. What you can do, what you don't do, what you like to do, what you don't like. You know, 
Take, a, take an honest look and evaluate uh, accordingly. Here's the second one. Maybe begin to think about experimenting and testing the waters. I've had some conversations already just in the short time we spent uh, in this subject, this, uh, this topic these last couple of weeks, and several of you are right at that place. This has been timely for you because you've been thinking about this. Maybe even you've said out loud, boy, this is what I would really like to do. You've shared your dreams maybe with other people. There's a scripture I put out of Ecclesiastes, and essentially what it's saying is there are dreamers, and then there are people who put their dreams into action. There are people who just talk about it and who just want to talk about it, and they they hang on to the dream, but they never step out or take a risk to even test the waters to find out, you know, is this what God might want to do? And by the way, God does not steer a parked car. You need to be moving for him to begin to to direct your path. And maybe it's time to do a little exploration. Talk to some folks, you know, maybe ask some outside observations, you know, about some of these areas. What do you see as my strength? What do you see as some of the abilities? You know, what would be a good fit? I haven't shared this in the other service, I forgot to, but uh, in two weeks, we're going to invite a guest here uh, for uh, just a, a segment. Uh, his name is John DeWall, and John oversees a ministry called a Liminal Space. And his whole expertise is helping people. A liminal is a transition. It's like a, a threshold going from one door into the next. And he walks alongside folks and helps them to discover maybe what that next chapter looks like. I mentioned a book last week called Halftime. And uh, a lot of you took me up on it. I think I had a dozen. I don't know if there is any left now or not, uh, Damien, but, but uh, we can get more. But it's just uh, an observation that a lot of us spend a good portion of our, our years maybe doing this task, and maybe we've done well, but there seems like there's just something more that God might have. And what would that look for? The subtitle of the book is Moving from Success to Significance. And, and if you resonate with that, these are some things just to begin to explore, experiment with, and test. And then finally, some of you may be at a place where it's time to take a step of faith. I promise you, it'll never be 100% uh, guaranteed. They'll never find that. In fact, I put a scripture in there. Listen to this one. Farmers who wait for the perfect weather never plant. Now, do you know that principle? <laughs> In other words, those that say, oh, I'm just waiting for everything to be perfect, all the circumstances to fall together, it, it isn't going to happen. There's going to be a, a, a God room there. There's going to be a space that you have to take a step of faith. But my belief, my confidence is, like the last scripture there, the promise says, if you will commit your work to the Lord and your plans to the Lord, he will establish those. Amen. And uh, however God speaks to us about this, let's listen to what he's saying. And I'm going to close with a prayer today. This will kind of be our conclusion. But um, I'm going to do something just a little bit different. I'm going to invite, if, if, if for some reason at this time that this seems to be really hitting you, really resonating with you, and you'd like to just express it to the Lord in a tangible way, uh, in a moment I'm going to have you stand. We're going to bow our heads and everything. If you would like to just come before the Lord, just as, as an outward expression, uh, we've got some kneeling benches up here on the side or along the steps or whatever, but maybe just make your way out in the aisle and just come and kneel before the Lord. We're going to agree together in prayer that He, through His Spirit, is going to make some of these things become more clear. And if you're humble enough to just bow before Him and say, God, my life is in Your hands. I trust You that You are the one who formed me. You're the one who shaped me. And I just want to be in sync with that. I want to work with that and not against that. Uh, that's the nature of our prayer. So why don't we stand together? If you'd like to, just step out. Uh, and if uh, you're comfortable doing that, we're just going to agree together and then we'll be dis- dismissed, okay? Let's bow our heads, if you would. Father, today, uh, again, we just bow in your presence, thanking you that our, you are our Father. You are the Father that loves us immeasurably, infinitely. And when we come to worship like this, it's so refreshing just to sing your praises, to acknowledge your greatness, your goodness. We sang a a few minutes ago about your reckless love that that you have shown toward us. You come after us. Nothing would stop you uh, from reaching out to us. And I pray, Father, over your people today that we will hear that loving, uh, passionate voice coming from you. 
the one that, uh, that kind of nudges us into territory to trust you in a greater measure than maybe we have. Lord, there's some in this room that need to take the first step of faith, which is to trust you for their salvation, to invite you to come into their life, and to uh, have your Holy Spirit abide in their own heart. That's the first step that, that some need to take today. Pray that, that you'll move them toward that, that they, they wouldn't pause, they wouldn't hesitate, but Lord, they, they would come running after their loving Heavenly Father. And Lord, for most of us here today that do know you and, and we've, we've walked with you, uh, I'm praying, Lord, today over those who might find themselves in positions, work, uh, that, that maybe doesn't seem quite like the best fit, and, and yet maybe some circumstances are surrounding them that, that keep them there, but, but there's a stirring. And in order to maybe walk in step with the, the nudging that they're feeling from your spirit right now, they're going to have to take a step of faith. Would you help to define that? Would you speak to them clearly so that it's not their own inclination, but it's the voice of God that they're responding to? Because that's the only thing that really matters, is that we, we work according to your will. God, I pray over those who are right now in the midst of that struggle and pray that in the days, uh, even as we share these things, that this, this clarity is going to become more and more and that, that these, this is going to be an important time for them in their journey, their walk with you. We love you, Lord, and we thank you, God, that, that we get this chance to, um, to function according to how you formed us. And we are grateful. Like David, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And we praise you for that. Forgive us for the times that we've diminished what you have made. And uh, we just pray this week we'll have opportunities to serve you with our whole heart. To that end, Lord, I just uh, pray a blessing over each one as we go from here. We thank you, Lord, for servants that you've placed here in this body, like Pastor Paul and Kathy. And uh, we, we just are grateful that we get the, the blessing uh, of all the diversity, all the distinction that you've placed within this church. And we just celebrate that today. Uh, look forward to coming back tonight to give you thanks uh, of how we can, in turn, bless our community. So until we come back, in Jesus' name, we lift these things to you. Amen. Amen.